the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchival Building in Martinsburg. And welcome inside said Hoppy Kirchival Building. It is Panhandle Live for this 28th day of November 2023. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. And we'll talk a little bit more about them later on in the show. It's Luke Wiggs and Marsha Kavalik with you. Marsha's second day back from vacation and she's brought all the cold weather with you. Good morning, Marsha. No, I don't think we can put this on me <laughs> necessarily, but it is a shock to the system it uh, is. that it is now winter. And and thank goodness we're not over in uh, Garrett County, Maryland, because they had to alter their plans. It's snowing and, you know, all the bad weather. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're safe inside the warm studio and I appreciate Johnson & Johnson heating and air Absolutely. because since they did what they did over in my studio with the vent, I'm so cozy. <laughs> so anyway, shout out to them. It is Giving Tuesday and uh, and not all of our show is going to focus on that, but uh, a good chunk of it. Joining us in studio from Hospice of the Panhandle, their development director, Maria Lawrence, and welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for being here. So uh, it's a big month for hospice. It is indeed. Um, So we are just finishing up National Hospice and Palliative Care Month in November. Um, Lots of um, activities, um, lots of things going on. Um, But as I said, um, off the air, then we sort of ratchet right up into, um, into December, which um, we start out with the first weekend with Light Up a Life, which is an awesome opportunity that if you're looking to make a donation and really want to do it in, um, in honor or memory of a loved one, you can certainly do that and recognize your loved one in a very tangible way. You know, I remember when I started work at the Journal 30 plus years ago, (laughs) uh, we were introduced to the idea of palliative care. We got, you know, the press releases and they were, you know, there was a bit of a push. I can't think of many people in my circle now who have not been touched in some way by hospice or palliative care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you just, you see it day in and day out. Again, um, the conversation has really been elevated with the the situation of the former president and yeah, first talk lady. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the you know uh, Jimmy Carter has been in hospice care. I think we're going on month number eight now, wow. which is the you know the 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 basic benchmark is six months. If mm-hmm. your diagnosis is six months or less, um, you know that it would that you would be eligible for hospice care, but he has surpassed that time. Um, And meanwhile, um, Mrs. Carter had only been under the care of hospice for two days. And I think it speaks to, well, just all kinds of stuff. We could spend the whole show talking about um, the differences in diagnoses and how, um, how you sort of guesstimate sometimes Mm -hmm. what, what happens there. But of course her primary diagnosis with, was um, dementia, Alzheimer's, and that's a much trickier um, piece. You you really can be in decent shape right. up until the very very end, which right. is apparently what happened with her. And so. I I understood. I read that uh, that President Carter 
uh, had hoped to outlive her, uh, to be there to, to kind of shepherd her through. And, uh, you know, maybe it just speaks to the termination of, of the and human it really, spirit. You know, we hear that, you know, I hear our nurses with their stories all the time. You know, I need to get through this mm-hmm. time or I need to one accomplish this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what the human spirit is really capable of. Um, and yeah, so amazing times for sure. I think one thing that's been really interesting, uh, spending some time on your Facebook page this month is talking about some of the myths and truths of hospice care. You know, I'm seeing here, you know, hospice is not a place. It's a holistic uh, philosophy of care. Hospice isn't just for cancer patients and hospice isn't just about giving up hope on loved ones. I think, like you mentioned, more awareness has been given to hospice. This oh, last absolutely. Month. And I think, I think what we have been, and I have been here 15 years <laughs> now, we were talking about our time mm-hmm. at the journal, um, <laughs> but 15 years and still the message that we try to, um, to push out is you don't come to hospice and die in three days. Though some people do. It does happen. Um, But, you know, we can do so much more for patients, but also for families. I've been spending a good deal of time with our medical director, and her theory is about 10% of the work that we do is really the medicines and the, you know, and all of that. And the rest of it is kind of psychosocial you know, getting the family ready, getting them on board, making sure, I always say that the most incredible thing that that hospice can do is really empower families to say, yes, I can do this primarily at home. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, most of us are not, um, are not trained professional mm-hmm. caregivers, medical professionals, but yet we say to family members here, here's your loved one in this critically ill state, but you can do this. We are here to help. And it can be so lovely. My, my um, sister just lost her husband and they, and they were, they got the diagnosis. Hospice was there for, for two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they were aware that this was happening, my sister, former nurse was able to call the kids in and knew when it was going to happen. All of them were able to be there. They were talking to me about it at the funeral that it was just such a lovely experience in, you know, heart wrenching. It can, but it lovely. Re- yeah, it really can be. Um, uh, you know, we, one of the, one of the nurses that she and I started on the same day, she, she actually had done, um, had done neo, neonatal and then, um, uh, you know, that care, geriatric too. Um, pediatric care mm-hmm. at Berkeley medical. And then she came to us and she said, you know, it's not that different. Wow. The beginning and the end. You're escorting somebody in, and then you're escorting them out. That's amazing. Very powerful. So, Very powerful. Uh, if folks are thinking about hospice, obviously we'll give you we'll give some of the contact information. But as you mentioned, a lot a lot of us who have lost loved ones, uh, there's an opportunity to honor them. There up. really is. So, light up a life um, is uh, something that we've been doing literally for decades. You probably remember back in the days at the Martinsburg Mall, um, we had Christmas trees. And of course, we recognized that was going to go away. Um, So when we moved to our new campus nine years ago now, we decided to just do something way different. And that's to do this luminary ceremony. 
Um, and what you can do is dedicate a luminary to your loved one, three different levels in which you can do that. We have circles of light, which is the highest level, angels, medium level, and just regular lights. Um, but if you come to hospice on Sunday, um, afternoon into the evening, you will see the whole campus is just lit up with these incredible luminaries with the name dedicating. How striking is that to, to see that, especially when the sun goes down, I imagine. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely beautiful, breathtaking. And then to see, I mean, it takes, it really does take a village because we alphabetize. Mm -hmm. So that you can when, go walk up and find yes, your when luminary. people can come and we have volunteers who take people through. Um, right now we're sort of holding our breath because the weather does not look that great. Mm. However, um, we broadcast the whole thing. Um, we have, uh, a sound guy who comes to our education center. People can hear it, can see it on YouTube. Um, we're going to go on and Sunday. And that's on Sunday. Is there also one in Morgan County? Yes, there's a Morgan County one, which probably has worse weather forecasting. <laughs> that's Friday <laughs> night, um, in front of CNB Bank. Um, a little smaller, but still very lovely. Um, again, 5.15 p.m. in front of CNB Bank in Berkeley Springs. On Sunday, 5.15 um, at our campus um, in Kearneysville, 3.30 Hospice Lane. And then on Tuesday in Hampshire County, sort of the grand mm -hmm. finale, 5.15 Schaefer Funeral Home. So Maria Lawrenson is with us from Hospice of the Panhandle. Of course, it is Giving Tuesday. How can folks find out more, not only about, you know, enrolling a loved one or, or finding more information or grief support and all of the services you offer, but also um, how, to, how to maybe give? Absolutely. So uh, very easy. You can call our general phone number, which is 304-264-0406, or you can go online, um, hospiceotp.org. And just um, this event is actually under the events uh, drop down as opposed to the giving drop down. But if you want to make a general donation, you can just go to the um, giving drop down. Very good. Our guest this morning, Maria Lawrence, and we really appreciate you giving us the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas. And Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Very quick break to take. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment on Panhandle Live. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Scratch my back with lightning bolt. Welcome Got back inside the Hoppy like Kirchville Building. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at countryroadstire.com today. Uh, we were just joined by Marie Lawrenson of Hospice of the Panhandle. And uh, coming up a little bit later on, Metro News' Brad McElhaney will stop by and talk about the West Virginia First Foundation and a really interesting story that you can find at wvmetronews.com. And we'll also be talking with Paul Johansson of the Historic Star Theater. This episode is going to be posted on our Panhandle News Network Spotify page coming up in just a couple of moments. But, Marcia, our next guests are joining us in studio. Okay, of course, we were whining about the weather i was okay i was whining about the weather earlier today but uh, you can definitely feel a chill in the air um it's definitely colder than than the temperature even indicates uh and it, it really draw, draws home the idea that um we are really blessed and fortunate to have uh, warm studios to be in and warm homes to go back to 
some in our community are not so fortunate. And there's a, a group in Jefferson County that works really hard year-round uh, to help folks who are in dire straits. Uh, in studio joining us is Jefferson County Community Ministries Executive Director Keith Lowry and their Community Engagement Coordinator Cassie Powell. Welcome into both of you. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Thank you for having us. So uh, I know we've had you on before, uh, but kind of distill down to our listeners your ministry. Jefferson County Community Ministries, or JCCM, has been in existence for over 40 years. And our primary goals are to prevent homelessness, to help those who are already homeless, with the focus on having people become self-reliant again. Uh, and that's our goal. When somebody comes to us and says, uh, I'm hungry, I need a loaf of bread, we'll always give them a loaf of bread because we are a faith-based organization. So we do everything with mercy and grace. Uh at the same time, however, we'll say, look, here's a fish, but why don't you take this fishing pole and let us teach you how to fish? Uh, and that's the whole premise of what we do. Yeah. Um, so to, to piggyback on what Keith said, we teach them how to fish in different ways. Mm. So we kind of come around them and we can personalize a plan for them. So we have great case managers who can talk to our clients and see what they need. Is it food? Is it we need help with housing? Is it mental health issues that they're struggling with? Is it medication? Do they need to see a doctor? And all these services we provide in-house. Um, we don't charge anything to any of our clients. They can come in and see the doctor. It can be a one-time thing for them, and they just get some food just to kind of get them by if they're in between jobs. Or we can work with them long-term to, to work out these solutions to these problems that they have. How many... Uh, clients you serve in a given year? And I know some some folks get multiple types of services, but how many clients do you estimate in Jefferson County you're serving? Interesting. Uh, great, great, great question. Last year, we had over 4,200 people walk through our doors, which includes over 2,000 families. And just to give you a perspective, in Jefferson County alone, there are over 1,000 students, kindergartners through 12th grade that are homeless. Wow. Uh, that is that's tragic. Right. Uh, and we try to do that. So we have partnered with over uh, 70 different organizations, including Berkeley County Schools, the Jefferson, I mean, uh, uh, Martinsburg Rescue Mission, the Boys and Girls Club, the Panhandle. Uh, they're all our partners. And we all work hard to make sure that when we identify um, Jefferson County Schools or Berkeley County Schools, last, last year we got a couple of calls from both saying we have a six-year-old who's in kindergarten who's living in a car. Can you help us? Uh, and and you guys just spring into action because that's what you... That's what we do. Right? Th that's your mission. Um, but, but none of this comes without a cause. So that's why we're here. It's the National Day of Giving. Um, we spent, uh, as Cassie said, we don't charge anything for our, to our clients. The, the, everything we give is free. Um, and so for $20 a day, you can feed a family of four. For an entire day. Wow. That's a very efficient use of your time, of um, your of your resources. For $30 a day, we can put uh, somebody in a in a uh, our cold weather shelter and give them food and clothing and a shower. Well, uh, I guess, Cass, kind of put this in perspective then for us. You know, a lot of people, you're, you're sitting at home and, and you see an opportunity to give on a national sense, you know, the, the, the sad animals in cages or St. Jude or things like right. that. And you never know, truly, when you give money to a national organization where that money actually is going. But this is an opportunity to, to put dollars and do some good and, and help your neighbors. Correct. So what we can do 
as when you give food, we're feeding. When you give time, you're helping us. Mm. But when you give money, we can capitalize on that and we can put it to use across the board. It's not necessarily just for food. It can be to help with these psychiatric meds that some clients need. It can be helping to get them their actual medication, whether it's through psychiatric or it's a medical type of uh, medication. It can help us give them a gas voucher to get to work. It can help us get a uniform or work shoes. People don't think about that kind of thing. Uh, when I worked in fast food, I needed to have special shoes. Yeah, the some special those, grippy shoes. Right. <laughs> and some of them can be expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you get ones that are, you know, cheap and within your price range, I have walked through quite a pair of those shoes. And so you're you're buying those on a regular basis and you need them. It's very pivotal to have those specific shoes. Nurses can get scrubs if for some reason they fall on a hard time, like their husband lost their job and they were too income. And then, you know, this nurse needs something, we can help them. So, I mean, and it can affect any person. We all in the studio, we all in the panhandle are one paycheck, one disaster, one event away from being on the streets. Mm. Our guests this morning are from uh, Jefferson County Community Ministries. You mentioned the cold weather shelter. It's cold today. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, where those are located and how long they go on through the winter. Currently, our cold weather shelter goes from November 1st until March 31st each year. And we have a we're, we're a consortium of churches and faith-based groups, and several of the churches donate part of their facilities to us for a week, sometimes two weeks at a time. And so we have volunteers and paid staff members that go off, uh, and our homeless people come to the shelter for the night. And then after a week or two, we pick up all the material and take it to the next church. Now, with that in mind, part of our Giving 20 campaign is that we're trying to make this a permanent shelter because that allows people to have some sense of solidity in their life. That, that You know, I know where I'm going because if you don't know where you're going to sleep and you don't know where you're going to eat, it's really hard to get beyond that. Do you have a physical property in mind? We have a physical property that we already own. We're in the process of renovating it, uh, and it is an exciting time for us here. Um, I wanted to mention one other thing you asked about how big it is. We have over 150 volunteers that help us do all of this. So it's not just merely, as Cassie said, uh, money, but it's also come and volunteer. Come down and just take a tour of what we do because when you see the scope of everything that's going on, uh, it's, it's fascinating. What, what is it like? You mentioned this being a 40-year a ministry. I mean, to go from start to finish, people at you know some of the lowest points in their lives to, to have the ability to turn things around, get reacclimated, that now have full-time jobs, families. I'm sure you've been able to keep up with some of them. I mean, what, what is that kind of like? Um, you know, I'm going to turn it over to Cassie here because there's a, there's a bunch of stories that are just really wonderful. We've I'll been think, hearing some of them on our yeah, cluster stations. Uh, and a couple comes in, and because both of them were professional— but yet they both got laid off at the same time. Mm. And they had exhausted all of their resources, and they came to us and said, could you give us some food to get us to keep us going? Um, and we did, and then they came back a couple of months later and said, you know what, we're going to pay this forward because now we're back to work, and we want to do that. Another example is there was a huge uh, condominium complex fire. There were 12 condominiums that burned down. Half of them came to us and said, can you help us because – some of them had enough money for rent, but didn't have enough money to do, uh, do for security deposit for the next place. So we'd work with our partners. We have over 70 partners that we work with to make all of this happen. 
Right. Um, so, and like you said, we have um, other success stories, as we call them. Um, we had a lady who actually got, she w- was in and out of our facility. She'd been a 20-year addict. And one of the stories that you guys have heard, I know her personally. I work with her. She actually um, is helping us at the shelter, which is where she had stayed. It was one of the services that she had taken advantage of. Um, and, you know, she speaks so highly of just how we saved her life because we literally saved her life. And when people think of Jefferson County Community Ministries, they think of only Jefferson County, but this specific individual actually just moved out of the area and got stuck in Baltimore. And we had to, you know, she called us at her wits end and I'm just done, come help me please. Um, And we were able to get her from Baltimore, bring her back and help her to get medication for a blood infection that was killing her. And now- And she's turned her life around. She's been clean for about two years now. She's working on um, becoming a peer recovery coach. She's in school right now, and, and she works with us. So, folks who may not want to, you know, go to the shelter and volunteer, mm-hmm. um, you know, Giving Tuesday is a really easy way for a lot of folks who otherwise wouldn't have the time or Correct. feel like they've got the talent. Uh, you've got the Give Twenty uh, initiative. So, talk about that and how folks can uh, can give. So, um, it's Give Twenty. If you can give more than we're not going to be mad about that. Right. And that's even just more ways of helping um, with all of these different services that we provide. You can go to jccm.us slash donations. Or like he said, come down, take a tour at 238 West Washington Street in Charlestown. And we can take uh, checks, cash, things of that nature there as well. Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, Cassie and Keith, thank you for everything you guys do in the community. Uh, and uh, thank you for giving us the time this morning. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. We've got another break to take. We'll get to our next guest in just a moment here on Panhandle Live. Jefferson County Community Ministries, where neighbors are helping neighbors. Over my 40 years of ministry, I've been blessed to help people in each local area where I serve. I was pleased with JCCM from the very first board meeting I attended. Now as an active member of the board and a regular volunteer, I'm blessed to know that if any people I meet need help, there is a welcoming, helpful place where I can refer them. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. Continuing the conversation on Panhandle Live, it's Luke Wiggs and Marsha Kovalik with you. Metro News' Brad McElhaney will join us in the next segment. But Marsha, uh, four segments, four guests, and we've got our next one on the phone right now. Yes, Paul Johansson from the Historic Star Theater in Berkeley Springs joins us. Welcome in. Hey, welcome, Marsha. Hi, Luke. Hi. Thanks for being on with us. So uh, I bet it's getting busy at the Star Theater. It's getting crazy. Uh, I think like we mentioned by email before, it's like, welcome to December, everybody, the commercial <laughs> time of year, as well as the uh, spirit celebration, everything else that's going on. So I'm guessing nobody's getting any sleep. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a month. Uh, we've got our regular movies coming like we usually do still best price in the area so we got wish coming this coming weekend then we've got priscilla coming for a weekend uh the big one we're looking forward to is wonka which looks amazing and that's just our regular fare kind of half price anywhere in the area but the big part as we move into christmas of course uh, we are going to have our second annual caroling event this weekend on december 2nd free to everyone come in sing your hearts out um, we have a local singing group, Young Old All Ages, that's uh, Black Cat Music, that is going to be doing a holiday extravaganza on the December 9th. 
die hard on December 9th because killing people who are terrorists is apparently a Christmas thing since then. You know, I you might start fights, but yeah, I, yes, I, I, I hear it's, I mean, it's an it's established... Like, yeah, nowadays, that's like, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that, but <laughs> welcome to the theme that we started, right? Mm. Um, we have something that we started just last month, um, which has absolutely taken off. Once a month, we're doing a pajamas and pancakes uh, breakfast. Uh, for kids on Saturday, that's going to be December 23rd. It's going to be Muppet Christmas. Um, and the last two times, unexpectedly, we were mobbed, ran out of pancakes. Um, so um, adults are free if they bring a child with them. Do not take anyone that is not yours. Great. Um, <laughs> Maybe so, bring some pancake mix. <laughs> yes, right. It went, um, I, how 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 panicked were you the moment that you realized? The moment we saw we had that many kids, I mean, and, and parents in tow and obviously squealing, etc. So, yeah, we got popcorn all over the place and didn't have to use a blower this time, but it was close. Um, <laughs> and the big event for the month, uh, we got a contact. The Weber Brothers is going to be also on December 23rd. Um, all the tickets are on StarTheaterWV.com. Our Two Buck Tuesday movies, Christmas theme, Three Godfathers, A Christmas Carol, uh, and White Christmas on December 26th, but backing it out on the on the uh, Tuesdays, and $2 to get into those movies, and finally, to get to our community stuff. Um, a few of us have been in touch with um, people who are in politics, um, so we may have a substantial discussion with the Senate candidate, Zach Shrewsbury, uh, coming to town on the 20th, and we seem to be, he's going to be doing an open forum. So anyone wants to see uh, what his platform is, ask him questions. Um, he doesn't know I've done this yet, but I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be open to it because I've talked to his <laughs> campaign manager. Um, come ask questions. Uh, find out what he's doing, and that's going to be a big event at the Star on December 20th. Uh, so just check and watch the website for what that is. And, of course, we still have Brave Angels coming back to town in March. And so. when, when you're navigating the, the website, are those under different um, tabs or like when yeah. you're community yeah. events? They're all under the opening. Um, there is two sets. There's a, the for-profit, which is just those front movies. Um, that's our regular movie house. But we may be shifting our model as it moves more into more community active action and more community awareness. So music has been showing up more and more. We're starting to get our legs on that. And people who want to rent the space, use it for private events, people that want to do big events uh, have been happening more and more. So people work that out with my wife directly, and they seem to be always satisfied with what the deal is because it is a pretty classic space. And it, uh, it looks so, yeah. as though on uh, the 24th, so Christmas Eve, at 1 p.m., there's a, a free community a movie which I think is a is a fan favorite. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it's a wonderful life, the free star life. community every center year, event. Every year. Oh, you do that every year. <laughs> yes, we do that every year. I I like White Christmas too. That's one of my <laughs> absolute favorites. So we had, a, we had the nice mix. We I think we had for Thanksgiving we had planes, trains, and automobile. Where <laughs> one year and like didn't expect it, but unusually enough, um, people are so used to doing streaming at home that they'll see movies online. Sometimes that's fine. Uh, but for movies like Oppenheimer, I mm. think that was a major loss. 
I mean, that should be seen in a theater. Um, we have a new sound system, and without actually destroying any bodies in the room, it felt like uh, the bomb going off. Wow. Um, and the, the walls, the entire building was shaking. That's how good our sound system is. But <laughs> without, without breaking your eardrums, it just you could just feel it. So it's truly impressive what the sound system can do. Well, Paul, when a, a lot of our listeners woke up this morning, they saw temperatures in the 20s, and it's not going to change for the next couple of months. And, you know, there's no better way to, to beat the, the frigid conditions, right, than uh, going to the movie theater. You got it. We, we actually do turn up the heat, and we have blankets for people that want to cuddle, too. <laughs> well, that's way cool. Um, so uh, any, anything else that you want to promote about what's happening in the greater Berkeley the Springs greater- area, anything like that? Because I know the Coco Crawl's coming up. Yes, Coco Crawl's coming up. You guys are going to um, get a lot of foot traffic. Coming. Um, there's, oh, my God. Yeah, the Christmas Parade's a big one out here. Uh, they're going to be having a series of events. If you go to Double Berkeley Springs or the town, you can see some of those events coming up. And then, like I said, uh, because we're really focused on bringing people together into dialogue, two uh, Braver Angels events are coming up, the one in March, for discussions between people who are from mainly rural and small-town areas and people who are moving in here, uh, buying up a lot of the houses. There's a natural tension that's, that's shown up, and it's a chance for people who are what we call frommers or from this area and people who are comers <laughs> to get to know each other, <laughs> find out how do we uh, learn to live together better and make sure that we're all succeeding. Very so clever. That's what that's about. Absolutely. Well, our guest this morning, Paul Johansson of the Star Theater in Berkeley Springs. As always, uh, we appreciate the time, and it sounds like it's going to be a really eventful December for you. It's going to be wild. I hope I hope you all get some rest in January, which is when my birthday is. I have the worst birthday on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The combo, uh, your Christmas present was also your, your birthday present, so hope you liked that it. That is mean. That is, parents <laughs> that do that are mean. Don't do that. Okay. And the other side of it, of course, is uh, all the adults are hung over by January 3rd, so they're not going to remember your birthday either. So well, as long as you cry right now. As long as you remember those, uh, you know, to get enough pancake mix. And, <laughs> As long as you have a pancake, make sure the next month you got right. it. <laughs> well, once again, <laughs> Paul, you, uh, thank you uh, for giving us the time this morning. All right. You take care. Talk to you next month. All, All right. right. Very good. That's uh, Paul Yo- Johansson of the Historic Star Theater in Berkeley Springs. And you can learn more information on their website. Always some awesome events happening over there. We've got another break to take. When we return, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney will be our guest on Panhandle Live. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. Final segment of Panhandle Live here on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchhoff Building where Ole Harvey is standing by at the top of the hour uh, with another edition of Metro News Talk Line as Marsha, our final guest, is also joining us via phone. You know, he's last, but he's, you know, not last. <laughs> You know, we saved the best for last. Almost biblical. <laughs> We're really, really happy to have uh, in, in calling in Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney. Welcome in. Hi, friends. Good morning. Good morning. So you've been you've been a busy reporter, and uh, you have a great uh, article over at WV Metro News. Of course, we've been closely following the uh, West Virginia First Foundation story. Our own uh, Jefferson County prosecuting attorney Matt Harvey is the chair of that body. We've got, uh, you know, one of the folks from our region who's been named to the board. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're all anticipating. But I think the word for the day yesterday was irony. 
Oh, man. Well, so in some sense of fairness, this is obviously a new body. They have a lot of responsibility uh, up to around a billion dollars in opioid litigation funds coming back to the state and communities around West Virginia uh, to try to ease the pain of what has been, you know, just such a, a drug addiction plague. And but this this organization has not existed previously. And it's, you know, the governor named five people to this board regions around the state name people they're, they're just getting their legs up under them and they're kind of making up their their own rules as they go along while you know looking towards making sure they maintain the public trust so the irony you speak of is the west virginia first foundation board had a its second meeting via microsoft Teams yesterday it was online and they they had a section of their agenda about transparency you know, what I spoke of, trying to make sure uh, people have some insight into what they're doing, uh, that, that the public has buy-in, that they are as open as they can be uh, with this enormous amount of money. But they went into executive session, closed session, to describe, to talk among themselves about their, their transparency processes. <laughs> so, yes, it was a little ironic. It was, I could just see uh, your head whip. Like, what? <laughs> well, and I... Honestly, as a practical matter, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, sometimes you cover these these meetings by Zoom or Teams or whatever, and they, the actual people meeting have the ability to do a breakout session. And so you just remain patient and remain on the line. Uh, they didn't seem to have that going, and they just asked us to get off the call. <laughs> and, and I said, well, had to break in for clarification i said do you intend to do anything after the executive session because you know if you if you make decisions or announce them that would need to be done in an open format and we would need to you know potentially be back on the call because um, transparency because transparency and so i i am not believe me I, i'm sure you're not either but i'm not used to breaking into a public meeting to say Oh, hi, it's the media here, and I have a question <laughs> during your meeting. But I, I felt like I had to do it, so I jumped in and said, you know, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to just hang up for the closed session on transparency? And, you know, Matt Harvey, who was the, the, the chairman of the Western Union First Foundation, the first chairman, uh, was patient with me, and he said, well, you know, we do have to have a discussion. Uh, a lot of it is legal matters. I, I cannot anticipate we would have – any decisions coming out of it. Uh, so, you know, I, I gave them some leeway. I, if they were not, if they had already been well established, I, I might have argued a little more and said, this is weird. <laughs> but uh, but I, I did make the point that, uh, you know, it is, it is ironic to go into a private session about uh, transparency issues. It just it sounds like it defeats the purpose. Well, I think, you know, we're we're the microwave society. Like, we, we want things, you know, resolved very soon. But uh, they have a lot of money that they're, uh, they're stewarding. And uh, so they're trying to be very deliberate with these decisions. So we, we may not get the uh, immediate, uh, you know, resolve about, you know, who's going to be their, their executive chairperson and who's going to, uh, you know, where the money's going to distill down and, and how all that will work. Uh, but it, it it is good to have that conversation and that they they uh, they are answering your questions. Well, it is it's, it is very important, and 
you know, I'm I'm actually not sure if they are truly subject to the open meetings law or not because it is such a kind of hybrid committee. But you know, that they do need to, and I think they're aware that they need to build that public trust. Um, and you know, we have promised uh, the namesake of your building, Hoppy Critchell, has promised to to continue to pay attention to what this group is doing because the, the opioid situation, the drug addiction, has hit West Virginia so hard, and this is a tremendous amount of money with the, the possibility, if you spend it right, of making a difference, uh, whether it's with uh, jail bills or with uh, treatment programs in communities around the state. We, we don't want the money to go to waste. Uh, so I, I have heard Hoppy make a commitment to, uh, to covering this foundation pretty carefully. But when you talk about, you know, we want immediate results, I had a conversation with him this morning and I said, you know, in reality, I think it's going to be sort of a slow process and we should maybe adjust some public applications because they are working on getting an executive director. They are working on some basic things like there was a discussion of we need to get a website up and running. Uh, we need to put out a request for bid for a banker for a financial advisor, for accountants. And these are just basic things that don't necessarily get your heart pumping if you are a citizen out there. But it's, you know, it's important stuff to lay the groundwork for future success. Meanwhile, they're, they are trying to invest the money before, you know, it's distributed, before those decisions are made. Uh, so they, they are trying to get a return on, on the investment while that money kind of sits there and I guess, for lack of a better word, escrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, I think, in three accounts. And what, what the foundation has right now is $217 million. That amount is expected to grow as the settlement money comes in from some of these lawsuits that have been in the news. But it's, you know, the, the, the upside of the current economy is that the, the uh, and the, the rates are pretty high. If you if you put in your, your money in an interest-bearing account, it, it's paying off pretty well. So this group brought in, boy, $100,000 or so. $140,000 in interest is what it says in the Metro News article. <laughs> yeah, $140,000 in interest. If, if I were bringing in that much interest, I would, you know, well, probably retire right now. I'd probably be like, all right, I'm going to. That's, that's all right. But anyway, so that's that's the kind of performance, you know, that they hope to uh, continue and they're going to continue to look specifically for bankers and investment advisors uh, so that that kind of payoff continues. So, Brad, what else do you have your reporter's notebook uh, aimed toward today? Trees, my friend. I am going to celebrate, along with all of West Virginia, the the. 60-some-foot-tall Norway spruce from uh, the Monongahela National Forest that will be on display uh, at the U.S. Capitol. The, the lighting ceremony is this evening, 5 o'clock. Uh, I and a few other members of the West Virginia media will be uh, on site for that ceremony. And the West Virginia congressional delegation will also be there. Um, a kid from a fourth grader from Randolph County, uh, who is uh, in his local 4-H, will be lighting the tree. I think he's just maybe flipping a button, not lighting it, you know, on fire. Um, and so that is a position Safety first. A lifetime memory for him. 
the Richwood High School marching band going to be there. So it is it is a very West Virginia occasion, uh, a lot of national attention because it is a congressional ceremony uh, out in front of the Capitol, and this tree will be on display throughout the Christmas season. So, I mean, it's it's not unthinkable that, that some of your listeners from the Eastern Panhandle might be headed into D.C., uh, maybe to do some shopping or sightseeing throughout the holiday season. And if so, uh, you could see a fellow West Virginian, a Norway spruce at the U.S. Capitol as you do so. Well, speaking strictly personally, what is the McElhaney family stance on uh, Christmas trees? I have to say I spent the Thanksgiving holiday with Metro News' Kyle Wiggs, and the Christmas tree did go up in the Wiggs household the day after Thanksgiving. Is there one already standing in your place of residence? There is, but I will tell you that we cannot get a, a jump on it. It cannot be. Thanksgiving in our household has to have its own moment, and you cannot play Christmas music or put up your tree. Uh, even shopping is mildly frowned <laughs> upon. Uh, you got to give Thanksgiving its moment in the sun, and then uh, you can, as you eat your leftovers and enjoy your uh, Christmas shows on television, you can begin putting up the tree. So. Ours began to be put up on Sunday. Wiser words have never been said. Our uh, guest this morning have uh, has been Metro News' Brad McElhaney. And, Brad, as always, we appreciate the time. Hey, thanks, you guys. Take care. All right, very good. Always love the conversation and the words of wisdom there from Brad. That's right. So, uh, yeah, he's got he's got a busy uh, schedule, and, and what a diverse week he's having, <laughs> for sure. But uh, hopefully he'll he'll bring back some, some great pictures and, and video and bring that to the statewide audience. Uh, and, you know, we're following that uh, West Virginia First Foundation story. We had Stephanie Stout on yesterday. She, you know, I'm, I'm sure that stakeholders like Stephanie and the other folks who work to battle addiction like Tim Saya, uh, you know, should have a seat at the table and, and will, presumably, as this money gets distilled. Uh, we don't want the kinds of issues that have happened with some of the federal COVID dollars that we're just now discovering uh, when when money's just thrown out there and there's not a system in place to manage it and steward it, uh, then, then chaos. Well, and that stewardship, I, I think, is really important because I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from uh, Jefferson Prosecuting Attorney Matt Harvey when he's come on the show. You know, uh, this is a lot of money, a quarter of a billion dollars that uh, Brad McElhaney says they have access to right now. But it's not as simple as immediately throwing all that money out the door and throwing it at, at, at problems. Initially, you know, Matt Harvey wants to build a sustainable machine that could last and combat the problem as, as long as it exists. Because, Marsha, you think about something like, like Narcan, for example, is a mm-hmm. life-changing drug that we didn't have five years ago. You don't know, as time goes on, what other avenues and opportunities there are going to be to invest this money in different situations to, to combat this pandemic. So I think more than, or epidemic, I should say, but uh, you know, more than anything, it's not as simple as just cashing checks and spending mm-hmm. that money as quickly as possible, but building a fighting force and a fighting machine to combat uh, the opioid problem years into the future. And, and prevent. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and, and distribute it like to law enforcement, you know, to caregivers, to, to organizations, to rehabilitation. And, and I'm sure some of this will go towards, you know, fighting it in terms of the legal system and incarceration as well, but looking at, a, at it from a broad picture. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, we'll follow his ongoing coverage about that as well. Uh, speaking of ongoing coverage, and this is a story that we'll build as I get more information, and you're welcome to add to it as well on our text line, 304-263-4321. But I have a bit of a, uh, you know, roundup of some of the 
area uh, Christmas celebrations that are happening. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's not in chronological order. <laughs> and I should have done that. If, if, I, if my mind was better organized in that way, I'd put bullet points out there. But anyway, lots of different, in the next week, lots of different holiday celebrations happening in the Panhandle. So you can see that rundown. If you don't see your community's rundown, send me an angry, I mean, send me a text and just let me know. Uh, also, you know, we've just had that conversation with Brad about uh, lighting the, the Capitol Christmas tree. Ethan Reese, he mentioned, is going to be the one to do it. He and his mom are going to be the first guest on Metro News Talk Line coming up in just a little bit. John Decker as well. Brad McElhaney is going to circle back and kind of reiterate the conversation we had at the West Virginia First Foundation. And then uh, in the last segment, Marsha, Mountaineer head football coach Neil Brown is going to join Hoppy. The Mountaineers are 8-4. and four. Uh, They're seeking their bowl uh, game that will be given mm-hmm. to them on Sunday. Uh, and it's always a fun time. You know, Hoppy's been hitting the soccer streets certainly a lot the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Has he? With uh, Has Chris Grassi and Dan Stratford. And uh, now we turn our attention to, to bowl season for football. You can tell he's a little bit more comfortable talking <laughs> football than football. I think that's certainly a fair assessment. <laughs> well, if you missed any of your part of today's show, we had uh, M- Maria Lawrenson from Hospice of the Panhandle on, also along uh, a couple of members from Jefferson County Community Ministries for this Giving Tuesday uh, and the great work that they do. Paul Johansson of the Historic Star Theater uh, in Berkeley Springs and the, the awesome movies and uh, at an awesome price, I, I should add to that also as pancakes well. Also pancakes and, and pancakes. Pancakes <laughs> and pajamas on Saturday mornings. While supplies last. <laughs> While supplies last. And Metro News' is, uh, Brad McElhaney. We're going to be posting this episode on our Spotify coming up in just a couple of moments. Uh, But for Marsha, I've been Luke. Hoppy's coming up next, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. You get a shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park, but meantime, sound of the river, you're stopping your whole everything. Band is blowing Dixie, double fall time. You feel alright when you hear the music ring. Well, now you step inside, but you don't see too many faces. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.